Hi, everybody. This is Mike Rothman, or a worn out Mike Rothman, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, head of uh, TechStrong Research, Chief Strategy Officer of TechStrong Group. Um, and again, kind of still in that predict hangover. So, so we're recording the day after uh, predict. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mitch. Mitch, say hello. Say hello. I said hello. <laughs> yeah, it's out in the same boat. This is like, you know, the finish line at the marathon where they just yeah. kind of collapse and people bring them water and put a blanket around them. And exactly. that's sort of where, where especially you you did the biggest lifting on all this. Or, so or, or like CTO principal with Textron Research. <laughs> yeah, so welcome, Mitch. And, and you know, it's just like, I guess uh, yesterday afternoon, right, I kind of had this, you know, feeling like Luka Doncic after he had that triple-double with 61 points. And he's just like, I need a celebratory beer. It was just like, yes, I will about do that. that. Thing, about that one. Exactly. So, so we kicked back a little last night and enjoyed it. But I think today, you know, what we want to do is one, first of all, thank everybody that, you know, kind of joined in with Predict. It was really fantastic. We had, you know, almost 2,500 people register uh, for the event. Uh, we got some great feedback just on on the agenda, on the panelists, on the trends. So we released our 2023 TechStrong Research trends yesterday in the four areas of DevOps, cloud native, cybersecurity, and digital transformation. So we got some great feedback and, and a lot of downloads uh, on, on those. So, so that's great just to get a sense of, of where we're going. Uh, but I think what we wanted to do today is, you know, not just, you know, kind of recap it. You know, the live stream is available or the, or the recorded version uh, is available uh, up on the site. So if you're registered, go check it out if you missed one of the sessions. If you haven't, you still have time, right? You can register on the site and uh, and check out any of the sessions that made sense to you. But there were a couple of things that, you know, kind of really resonated out of the, the panels that either I participated in or or I saw. Um, and, and I want to kind of dig into, into those a little bit. So, so Mitch, I don't know if you wanted to go first and, to, and talk about the stuff that, or first of all, what were your impressions of, of, of Predict? You know, let's kind of start there. You know, you, you've, you've finished something that uh, you and everyone, you, you especially working really hard on and feel like it went really well. So I felt very satisfied after about how things went yesterday, mostly from the reaction from the attendees and especially the panels, the people that were there with us. Which, which kind of leads me to my first first thing I wanted to highlight is, you know, I was covering cloud native, native uh, primarily, and one of the big things we talk about is the complexity and how we deal with that, and center, you know, establishing centers of expertise and different things in our trends document. Go download it, and you can find out so lots of good ideas. There were two sessions, and especially the second one that I did, which was the long march. I love our of our trends doc. I had, I had software engineers from Cisco, <laughs> from Dell. Okay, I haven't had that before on a panel with a consultant, really, really seasoned uh, senior software architect, enterprise architect, and, and myself. And they just kind of took off. It was sort of like um, someone had lifted the rods out of the reactor <laughs> and it just chain reacted. You know, it was going. I had to kind of keep an eye on the meters here to make sure, you know, we weren't going to fly off the, the digital stream or something. But point being is they were debating this whole complexity issue. And they were debating it not as, is Kubernetes complex to set up and those kinds of issues? They were debating it as, okay, well, monoliths are complex, but if we go and create 
thousands, tens of thousands more microservices. microservices, And we don't know what the heck they are. You know, you start out with five or 10 or whatever, and then suddenly you've got 10,000. How do you manage that? You've sort of unleashed a different beast. And where's that happy medium? And how do we we figure out um, guardrails or best practices? We kind of landed on this idea of software patterns for cloud for cloud native for microservices, something really that's really needed. Yeah. And also Tracy Reagan brought up in, in one of the panels, someone who's on a lot of our, our shows, uh, the idea of uh, domain-driven design, teams forming around certain areas of, of uh, kind of functions or domains part of the applications and working together on it that way to try to minimize the sprawl. Yeah. If you will. You know, it, that sounds great if I have a couple hundred developers, right, in a shared services group and I can, you know, and I can fund a center of excellence and, and all that. If I'm a small team, right, and I want to start to embrace some of these technologies because they're going to help me accelerate my ability to get to, to market and, and to build things. I mean, how do I do that? Right. I mean, you, you know, so again, I appreciate that. But to me, uh, when we were working on the trends, Mitch, right? It was, you know, the long march, but it really was about what can we do to whether it was standardize the distributions. That was one of the key things that, that you were focused on. Uh, I was focused on a lot of the, you know, kind of commercial tools that can really start to ease both deployment as well as a lot of the enterprise type features you need, right? You know, backup and reliability and networking and, and these things that need to be able to be configured and done, you know, without somebody having having to roll their sleeves up and, you know, go to work, right? Or, 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 you know, put the mask on and go into surgery, right? I mean, you just don't have that option if you're a small type of organization. To me, those are really the, you know, kind of arbiters of, of you know, maturity and the ability for, you know, normal companies, right? Not, you know, very tech-centric companies to be able to embrace this stuff. Well, for every problem, there are some set of entrepreneurs looking to start a company to solve it. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that is happening in this space. And one, one path is like frameworks. Software developers are very familiar with frameworks. And now, now there are products and hosting environments. You know, you can do your whole team, Kubernetes, but around an application framework for some of the management capabilities, not just a Kubernetes, but trying to control or keep repositories for all that stuff. I don't know. It's not the answer yet. But you know, we, it always happens, right? We, we we adopt a new technology. This is a great idea. We need to do this. People jump on the bandwagon. We do it over and over again. And then we say, well, by the way, how are we going to secure that? And how are we going to operate that? And now how are we going to manage it? Because there's so much of it. So we're in this cycle again of, okay, for it not to become, you know, crater in on itself because of all of all of its great benefits, but all of its side effects. Yeah, that's where we are. Right. No, that, that's right. And, and and I think it really it just goes to where we are in the adoption curve. Right. And 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 the early folks, they can de- de- dedicate the uh, resources. Um, they have the technical expertise. They can figure it out. They can be the general contractors and it works out great for them. But in order to become like the lamp stack, right? I mean, that was the analogy we used in the trends document. Mm-hmm. It, you need that other stuff, right? You need the provider, whether it was some of the precursors to, you know, DigitalOcean or Linode or, you know, one of these other ones where you can basically just go click, right? And, and it deploys WordPress on your lamp stack. 
Right. And 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 I think that's really, you know, kind of what we're looking for in 23 to start to emerge around cloud native. And and I think that was a great observation. And, and you kept saying you, you were you were slacking me in the middle of the session going, oh, my God, this thing is great. And, and I was actually doing my own session. It was just like, damn, I can't go. So that's one of the ones I'm going to, you know, check out when I have some cycles this afternoon and you know, I can get into the uh, into the recorded version. I ended the session with uh, what happens when four software engineers from Dell says, Go a consultant and and uh, and a startup go into a bar. This is what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So so what was interesting on, on my end, you know, so I, I did kind of the software supply chain, you know, and software security panel, and I had a bunch of great folks on it as well, right? You know, Tanya Janka, who's you know kind of a, a developer advocate. I had you know David DeSanto from GitLab. He's VP of product over there. I had Jeff Williams, right, CTO of Contrast, and and John Pescatore, who's you know. That it doesn't even need to be introduced at this point, right? But he's been. We well, don't have much to say about a lot of things, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and a gardener has been a gardener for many years uh, as yeah. well. But one of the interesting things that that Jeff had pointed out, because yeah, you know, we all use this concept that applications are mostly composed and we're assembling using, you know, resources and and libraries and components and, you know, services from other folks. And Jeff is like, that's a common misnomer, right? Because we do a ton of analysis on applications and we find that if you look at the total amount of code, that's probably right. But he said 90% of the stuff that's, you know, kind of pulled into uh, an application upon integration is not used. Right. He said, you know, if you look at the libraries and, and kind of the components that are used, it's probably 70 percent custom development, maybe 30 percent. Right. You know, open source or these other libraries. So everybody's so focused on, you, you know, kind of SCA and 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 right, software component out or software composition analysis uh, and some of these other you know technologies. But we're not spending enough time, you know, really kind of helping to make the application right more uh robust right make the application more secure and obviously Jeff where he's coming from right is all about you know I asked and and runtime protection um and I mean listen he's he's a he's a zealot for that because he invented a lot of you know kind of those technologies so I totally get it from from that perspective uh but it just that that data point was was interesting because I was listening to the RSA session you know right after uh mine where they talked about you know kind of trends um, you know, in terms of submissions uh, for the conference, uh, and one of one of the conference, you, you know, kind of uh, organizing committee was talking about exactly that. We compose applications, and it's all about you know. And it was just, I, I kind of went into a little bit of you know, kind of vertigo. They're like, oh, where am I? Because uh, you got two totally different data points from from different folks. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And again, I don't have data to you know, kind of know definitively what you know what the right answer is. And honestly, I don't know that it matters because you know you want to secure the stuff that you're ingesting and you want to secure the stuff that you're building um all the same uh right but it was just it was it was an interesting point, point counterpoint that you know kind of we got from get just the, the the differing levels of 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 opinion and differing you know kind of folks that, that we brought uh all together for predict yesterday it, it, it's a spot-on issue because i mean i could give you a real simple example like in python if you want to generate a random number. There's a package for that. Yes, so you use it one way and you're done, right? You call it this way, here's the, the range I want, whatever. There, and there's, you know, who knows, dozens of other 
functionality classes, et cetera, in it. You you never know you never use, but that package is all part of your app and part of your environment there. You never touch it. So is it really vulnerable if it's got a vulnerability in it? Maybe, but maybe not. It may never get executed or be able to get touched. So you're yeah. right. It is there's a lot of weight, maybe dead weight that comes with code that we use. And, yeah. and, and and just pointed and and you know David and Tanya you know you know focused on this as well was um, you know really the context of how you're using the code within the application because we went back and forth about you know how do you secure the pipeline how do you get developers to take all this stuff seriously is there stuff that we need to do as security folks uh, in order to make it easier for them the whole you know shift left versus shift right um, concept and I think everybody agreed that it should be shift everywhere uh, you know uh, on that part but it was just it was it was it was a really interesting and I think useful discussion um, just because you know again you had a number of different counterparts points in there. And um, I wouldn't say there were heated discussions, but, you, you, you know, again, folks definitely had perspectives and they weren't necessarily the same. When, when Jeff talks, you, everybody listens, right? I mean, he was the creator, one of the creators of OWASP. Yeah. Uh, and, right. So, he, yeah, that's right. You know, I've been on I've been on panels with them where uh, some of the other panelists, not that I don't respect them, I totally do, but they were kind of in fanboy awe mode, like, oh, my God, I'm on a panel. Yeah, you know, and and there was one other point. So we, we did want to kind of get around to the whole regulation piece of it. Um, and there was one point that, that John Pescatori brought up, which I thought was was really great. He said, you know, listen, if we really wanted to improve software security, we would make the companies that, you know, kind of ship it liable for, you know, what happens with their code. We said that would solve the problem in about a hot minute. Right. You said, you know, we've done that in all sorts of other things. You know, you got healthcare, you got, you know, financial services, you got if if the company has liability, then they take these things a lot more seriously. Says, I don't think we're going to get there, which really means we're not going to get there. Uh, right. Because of whether it's lobbying or, you know, again, it's just too complicated uh, on that front to figure out who is liable, given how a lot of these applications are built in one way, shape or form. Uh, but, you know, he said, you know, again, the next best thing is to is to really start thinking about forcing folks to, to look at the company componentry, forcing folks to, you know, really start to evaluate how these things are built. Um, so he was pretty supportive of the direction that, um, you know, kind of the, the at least the U.S. federal government is going. But, you know, I also thought it was interesting that, you know, he's just like, listen, if you want to solve the problem, just, you know, make, make, make folks put some real skin in the game. He goes, and, and, and they would fix that pretty quickly. Well, and we have a, we have a pattern. I mean, people would and they don't ask me anymore, but used to ask me like, when is all this credit card data theft going to stop happening? Because it seems like it happens more frequently every day. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It's never going to stop until the consequences are significant or not. Their customers walk away or they get penalized a lot more money than any fines are paying now. It's just. You know, it's like it's like credit card theft. When you lose a credit card and somebody steals and buys stuff on yeah. your account, you pay for it, but they don't. You know, <laughs> the the cost is passed on to you. It's just there's no uh, there's no consequences or enough that right. are significant to change behavior. So <laughs> yeah, they don't repeat that with software, right? That's right. That's right. So what else did you did any other, you know, kind of big ones? Because I've, I've got one more after that. Yeah. Um, go ahead and jump in because I, I, there's something I was I want to bring up at the end. Yeah. So, so, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, sometimes you just kind of 
come up with terms because you're like, yeah, you know, based on what I know and where it's gone, you know, this just seems to make sense. So, so one of the things that we wrote in the trend document is, you know, for in, in the security trends, uh, right about, you know, kind of visibility and, and trying to, you know, improve, you know, how and what's happening in your environment. I came up with this term XSPM, right? Because we've got cloud security, posture management, we've got SaaS security, data security, soon it'll be identity, you know, security. I, I, somebody had written application security for, you know, kind of a scanner type of things. I just, you know, again, it's, it's XDR and X everything. So I just, you know, figured we'd just call it XSPM. Uh, I was actually at uh, a company kickoff uh, this week earlier before before we did predict. Uh, and and they're, you know, to what some degree of visibility company, and they're starting to use the term XSPM as well, because uh, they've got stuff in networks and, and and you know, kind of cloud and, and some application things. Uh, and it was just funny because we totally had not talked about it at all. They didn't know, you know, kind of that, that was one of the things that that I would be pitching, you know, while I was there. Um, so it was just it was one of those things where it was just so obvious, you know, kind of in hindsight that, you know, we're we're, we're going to see a lot of folks kind of talking about XSPM, you know, kind of this year, because, again, it is it is a platform play. It's something that, you know, all the vulnerability management guys should be doing. So it won't be long before, you know, they call their visibility platforms, you know, XSPM. It's not a new gaming computer from Alienware. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> nothing that, you know, it doesn't run the cool games. It doesn't have Madden. So it's just not interesting to most folks. You won't get our attention that way. But so um, what So what I wanted to bring up at the end, you know, I've waxed on. I try to control myself about, you know, we need to really do, do something different in security to take it to the next level about how we're going to secure these applications and a shift left or whatever. And um, during the conversation with the software architects on cloud natives along March, one of one of them, Lee Atchison, just said, you know, we really have to rethink how we describe software. This is my paraphrase. Um, because yes, we used to make the library calls and classes and all this stuff that were software constructs. And now we now all that stuff happens via APIs through microservices. What we really have is not a service mesh, it's a network. We're talking all these modules over a network and security people understand that, right? That's what they deal with all the time. So, so that sparked in me like, hmm, okay, so maybe we can make the right kind of analogy between this is just like, you know, this is going over port 80. This is what they're doing. And instead of boxes, it's little pieces of code talking to each other. Maybe, we, maybe there's a, a point of entree to help the conversation take a step or two further between software and, and with software and, and security engineers. So it's a, a, a little thing said that just kind of stuck with me. It's like, hmm, that, that's yep. an interesting yep. thought. Yep. Yep. No, I think in, in general, I mean, I, again, I think that there were a lot of different, you know, interesting thoughts. So one other thing, you know, kind of I was listening in on Alan's one Alan's talks and uh, one of his panelists, Emmett Keefe, was literally in Europe about to go skiing. Right. Or I think he came off the mountain. So he's in the car. You see the skis behind him. He's got his ski gear on. Uh, you know, you're like, wow, that's a pretty good gig. How do, how do I get that gig? Not that. Yeah. Not that I get that good. But, you, you know, Alan was talking about just, you know, kind of how due to macroeconomic things and we're going to start to see some pushback on, you, you know, kind of some digital transformation efforts. And, and Emmett was like, I haven't seen that. 
Right. It's like I haven't seen, you know, kind of pushback and the economy seemed to be pretty bad. But, you know, we haven't seen at least and he works for Insight Partners. Right. You know, just a huge private equity investor in, in a lot of different technology sectors. They're investing in companies that, you know, continue to grow. Uh, they're really a, a mezzanine and, and almost, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, kind of late stage investor on that. front. But I, I thought that was also an interesting, you know, tidbit that, um, you, you know, we all kind of just assume like we assume that all applications are composed now. We just assume because a lot of people have said it that, you know, kind of companies are really going to pull back on their digital transformation. I think we continue to expect that. That is what kind of our research uh, yields. But it was interesting to get a little bit of a counterpoint from, you know, somebody who's seeing it from a little bit of a different perspective as well. Right. It's not, and it isn't just startups that they're investing in. You know, these are companies, you know, sometimes acquired, sometimes more mature startups. I, I, was, I heard that too, and it, it was jealous of his location. Um, you know, what it reminded me of is, is you know, when, when, when things are tough, you know, you're going through the crucible of, okay, what are we really going to do and what are we really going to get? Um, it, it doesn't, it, you know, it may shed cost, it may involve people and other things. But you don't roll up the tent and fold up the carpet right. Right, on everything. Right. No, nobody survives by doing nothing. Nope. At least I don't know of anybody. You've got to, you've got to, you know, not just keep trains rolling, but you've got to keep. No, that's that's right. Because you, you, if you shut all down, all all your research down, all your investment, it, it isn't when you start it back up, then things will be better. It is two and a half, three years after you've started up, you're back to where you were. So that flywheel takes a long time to get spinning back up to that same place. So you can't stop completely. You just have to get better at what you're doing. That's right. That's right. And 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 I think you need to be more selective about what you invest in. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't stop investment, but you can't invest in everything either. So so that involves, you know, some tough choices that companies have to make that involves some work that these teams have to make to really again position the accretive value to the business for a number of these new initiatives right and cuz again you're just not going to get everything funded so so you've got to figure out what the you know right mix is going to be so it was interesting again i thought just a very you know kind of great great day i thought the great sessions i don't know if anybody in the audience uh spent some time with the fortune teller but you know i guy you know she was pretty entertaining uh for me so uh so that was great hopefully we'll have her you know next you good news you're in a good mood so yeah and uh and and i think that we learned a lot right we learned a lot so as we continue to move forward and we've got a a cyber oriented um conference that we're going to do, you know, kind of in the fall time frame. And and we're learning in terms of how to, you know, kind of have research drive a lot of our, you know, kind of shows. So we're going to keep improving through the year. And, and I can tell you, predict 24 will be uh, better, right? Because we'll, we'll be able to improve on a number of the things that we've already done. Well, and and we said this in our wrap up with Alan at the end of the day, but um you know, it's it's not just surveys and polls. Yes, we do all those things to gather some data, but our interactions both with directly with people, also understanding what they're reading and what's happening, what they're watching on our show and others. You know, that that massive audience that that we have, which is it's a privilege to have, it is driving what we're doing. It isn't you know, right. Mike's the smartest guy. He might be the smartest guy. I'm not the smartest guy, that's for sure. But we, we're it's driven by all of those factors 
not just us cooking something up in the back room and let's go come up with a you know a new wacky quadrant or a weird wave that has some that's right. know, unknown kooky formula and nobody knows about it. Poof! Suddenly we're really smart people. It isn't. It, it's not driven by that. Hopefully we've got some smarts, but um, it, it is and some, and some experience and some road rash for and, sure. Yeah, yeah, some smarts left, I guess. It's <laughs> not been knocked out of our heads. But uh, point being is, I consider the success of yesterday driven by all that, all those things behind it, including the team at, at Textron to make it happen. But our audience, the half a million people. Engaging with us, uh, boy, what a, what a flywheel that is, and that's I think that's a, a big part of that success. Yep, and uh, and you know we kind of took the the wraps a little bit off of of our new success map offering, so keep an eye out for that. That'll you know again we're planning to have that hit in Q two. Be a lot of work to get that up uh, up and running, but we're really excited about that. And again, you know, it's the day after predict. We're both a little bit cooked, so we're going to, you know, kind of cut it off here. But hopefully you enjoyed it. If you haven't seen the show, um, go register, check out the uh, the recorded versions of it again. I think it's really worth your time. There was a lot of really great discussion uh, there. Um, and any parting thoughts, Mitch, before we wrap up? You'll find you'll find it at techstrongevents.com is where you'll find Predict. It'll be uh, now or in the next day, it'll be moved over to the uh, kind of prior events, recent events. But we also, um, you and I are going to be in Singapore for uh, DevOps we Asia. Are. That's right. It's so the February 10th is yes. the day in Singapore live. So uh, Alan, Mitch, myself, number of other tech strong folks will be there as well. Um, so that that'll be fun. That'll be fun. We're doing our software security pitch. Yes, so we'll yes, dig we in and talk about software security. And there's just a whole bunch of other great sessions about really DevOps and looking at it, you know, again, with a, with a little bit of an Asian tint on it. Mm -hmm. From that part of the world, for sure. And then also, if you check on TechStrong events, we have TechStrong Con, uh, which is another kind of very outcome-focused conference. That's on March 16th. So be sure. And then we'll be at RSA. So we've got a number of events that we're going to be, you know, be being part of and both TechStrong and others that we're happy to join. And of course, we have our show. So watch this. Tell your friends about, about Mike and Mitch and you know these two characters that get on there exactly. and talk about what they're working on and what they're exactly. saying. And uh, we appreciate you sharing the love and helping us build that audience. So like, I'm, I'm promoting ourselves. I'm being, As so we should. We forget to do that sometimes, or I forget to do that sometimes. So okay. good. It's, All right, Mitch. Promotion. Enjoy. We will chat uh, next week. You're you're going to see this a little bit further down the line, so you know it'll be it'll be next week for for you guys. We'll we'll uh, we'll record it uh, again, and I'm sure we'll have something a little bit more timely to deal with. But you get thanks everybody, and uh, we will see you next time. You too. Take care.